So three, three years ago, when I first became a pastor here, I, I was super like, zealous to start my very first sermon series ever as a lead pastor. And uh, I, I called it Becoming People of the River. Say that with me. Becoming people of the river. And my, my logic was that there are these great promises in the Bible. And we, funny enough, Jay did not know I was preaching on this. But like every song was about river and water. It was really cool how the Lord totally did that. It's really neat. Um, but there's this promise in the God's word that when we believe in Jesus, that God wants his Holy Spirit to be like a river in every one of us. And, you know, that's this promise here in, in, in John 7. Um, and what I was going to do was preach the entire book of Acts. Acts has 28 chapters. If you know me, I'm an Enneagram 4, which is not a cult. It's a personality gift mix, spiritual journey, like assessment. It's not weird. It's really cool and insightful. And that means I'm a romantic. I'm an original. I'm an artist. So committing to something for a long period of time scares me. Except for to my wife and to the Lord. Those two things have worked really well. <laughs> so I was ambitious to preach through the book of Acts for my first sermon series. I abandoned ship after three weeks. Because I was like, I can't preach like 60. I could, but I, gosh, I just started. What was I thinking? And the Lord laughed at me and with me, and it was all good. Come on, those of you who know me know that's true. Uh, just for a uh, t to show you the truth, the longest sermon series we ever did was through the book of Ephesians last year. A six-chapter book took us 18 weeks. So you would be like in chapter 20 of Acts after three years right now if we had stuck to that first sermon series. So you can laugh all you want or cry or both. That, that's how I'm wired and I'm getting better and the Lord's helping me. But what's funny is all of those years ago, we're in now our fourth year as in, in uh, as my wife and I as lead pastors here at Cornerstone, is my heart is the same. I want to become people of God's river. I want his river to flow in us and through us. Is anyone in the room that's with me? And so, you know, I, I, you know, I start this amazing sermon series. I'm like, yikes. You wonder why would I bring up the old, I actually had to ask my old designer for that logo. I couldn't find it on my hard drive. It's from... May, May of 2016, and graciously, early this morning, he sent it to me. And the reason I bring it up is because I believe today it is super relevant for what we're going to do as a church, which is to launch a ministry and a person whom I love and appreciate and care for so deeply. It's this idea of the river. Everyone say, the river. Why a river? Let me just give a little bit of background and just go with me. Jesus said this right in the middle of his ministry. Let any, read it with me out loud. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, what's the this? And No, but the river. By this river, he meant, okay, let's keep going, uh, the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Are you tracking with me? So there's a river that's coming to all of the people of God. Everyone say, I want to be a river house. <laughs> okay? 
But John makes it very clear, the river can't come until Jesus has been glorified. Everyone say, there's a connection between river and Jesus' glory. And John tells us later in his gospel how Jesus would be glorified. Jesus would be glorified by the death on the cross. It says this in John 12, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be what? When would the Spirit come? After. After he was glorified. This is an important moment. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces what? Many seeds. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this reason that I came to this hour. The reason I was born was to be glorified on a cross so that every person who believes in me could become a house of a river that brings life everywhere they go. You have to see the connection. I was born for this, Father, because I want every one of my sons and daughters to become a conduit of the life-giving river of my love and my power. Come on, shake from your slumber. Say, there's a river that God wants to put inside of me and to flow through me. And so he says, Father, don't save me from the hour. This hour is necessary. Glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd thought it was a thunder. Some thought an angel. But Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Everyone go, driven out. The enemy, and I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So my whole sermon series three years ago was predicated on Jesus died not just to get us to heaven someday. Jesus died so that heaven could reside inside of every believer. Jesus died... Jesus died and was glorified by the scandal of the cross, by his gruesome crucifixion, capital punishment, by being the lamb who was willing to be led to a slaughter, although he was the only innocent one in history. He did this. His blood was the payment necessary so that the spirit, the very presence and power of God, would no longer just rest on a few individuals that God selected, but it would rest and reside and flow in and through every single believer who trusts in Jesus. So from the one to the many. That was what the whole sermon series was on. And it was particularly on this prophetic promise in Ezekiel. And I'm almost done. So everyone chill out. Here's what it says in God's word. This is a a, a guy hundreds of years before Jesus was born. He saw this vision by the spirit. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple Then I saw streams flowing east from beneath the door of the temple, passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing through the south side of the east gateway. So everyone just pause. There's a temple, and there's water, and there's a stream. Is everyone tracking with me? Think of a huge building, and you look on the side of it. That's really weird. There's water flowing. How many know that's a problem nine times out of ten? <laughs> There's a leak in the system. <laughs> okay. Measuring as he went in his vision, 
he, he, he took me along the stream 1,750 feet, and then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. Everyone say ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet. How long is that? I don't know, a quarter of a mile-ish? Yeah. And he led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. Everyone show me your knees. Come on. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. So are you getting the picture? The farther he goes along in the stream and the farther he goes outside of the temple, what's happening to the river? Come on, help me out. It's deeper. Then he measured off another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to, come on, everybody go swimming with me right now. It was too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Engage your imagination. How many know God gave it to you for a reason? Picture it. Huge, glorious temple. Super awkward water flowing from the east side. And it's going deeper the farther I walk away. And then picture this. You're walking quarter mile. Hmm, ankles. Quarter mile. Knees. I don't know what to do for waste, so I'm not going to do it. Another quarter mile, waste. Another quarter mile, oh. a little bit further, what's up with these trees growing? Why are there trees growing on the bank of this river? And then he said this, the river flows east through the desert. What do you think of when you think of desert? Desolate, dry, help me. Weary, hot, needy. And into the valley of the Dead Sea. What do you think of when you think of the Dead Sea? Not a hard question. (laughs) Nothing can live in it. I've been in that lake and I floated. It was sweet because it's so sandy, uh, so salty. Thank you. But look what happens. The water of the river would touch the salt water of the Dead Sea and it would become fresh and pure. Everyone say fresh and pure. No, come on, say fresh and pure. And then it says this. Where this sea that nothing can live in, fish will abound in the Dead Sea. So when the river touches something dead, that something dead becomes now a culture or a conduit to foster and facilitate life. Is everyone with me besides these three people? Anyone over there? We all good. The river. Wherever the river goes, the farther it goes away from the temple, the more life it begins to break out. Are you tracking with me? Fish will abound. Life will flourish wherever the river water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shore of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to En Galai Sheem. It's Hebrew, Aramaic mixed together. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. Come on. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along the both sides of the river. Here's, look at this word. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fail. There will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. Their fruit will be for the food and the leaves for healing. Does everyone see the picture? Nod your head at me. This river goes out. And just read this verse, this to summarize. Wherever the river 
all together. Where the river flows, everything, one more time, where the river flows, everything will live. When you think of a river, what do you think about? I just wrote some thoughts down. It moves. Come on, somebody. It pulses with life. It makes things fresh. It's powerful. It's connected to a larger source. It grows and flows from the rain sent from heaven. It breaks through rocks and hard places. Anyone been to the Grand Canyon? How powerful are rivers? It flows from mountains and it goes downhill. Where the river flows, everything will live. Come on, say it one more time with me. Where the river flows, everything will live. We need the river of God's spirit flowing in our lives. If you agree, say amen. We need his river flowing in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our city, region, and in our nation. If you agree, say amen. We need the river of God's Holy Spirit to break through the hard places in our life and bring God's life to bear on that which is dead in us. If you agree, say amen. Amen. We need the revelation that the further we go with a yes in our heart to the Lord and his presence and his purposes, we can trust that we will meet a God who has an endless source and supply of love, grace, help, hope, power, and healing to flow through us as we go with him along the journey. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Jesus told us point blank, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You say, Chad, that was a nice devotional thought. That's the last of my thoughts. (laughs) Memory lane, becoming people of the river. And it's as relevant today as it was three plus years ago, especially in light of what we're we're, uh, believing for and launching today. And I look back at this passage, you see that the further the river goes out, the deeper it grows and the more life it brings. The further the river goes out, the deeper it grows and the more life it brings. Today is launch day for Outliers and Emily Zimmerman. I have personally seen Emily burn with a zeal and a fire and a passion that I have not seen in anyone else I've met. To be that person who follows the river to the least of these, to those who are unreached, to those who many would throw away or overlook. I have had a firsthand seat over this last two and a half years to see Emily Zimmerman be fully devoted to bring life to dead places, to bring life to desolate things and people to bring the life-giving love of Jesus, to see his power revealed, salvation spring forth, healing and deliverance made real, to bring the kingdom of God to bear everywhere she goes. I've gotten to see it firsthand. Nine months ago, I told Emily, I do not believe you are supposed to be just a sole youth pastor of a traditional sense local church setting. Many are called to it, but I believe your calling is bigger than that. Nine months ago, on a phone, I said, Emily, I've been holding this in my heart for so long because I don't know how to share it. I believe you are a missionary to the next generation. 
That began a journey that her and I have been on for years, but in particular this last nine months where we talked, dialogued, questioned, had many meetings face-to-face on what does this all mean for us. I've encouraged Emily for well over a year now, even longer, to begin thinking about launching, birthing, overseeing, and leading her very own ministry where she is the chief operating officer and apostle. Today we celebrate this long history conversation coming to pass. Today, Cornerstone Church is honored, and Chad Bohai, as the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, is honored to launch Emily to birth her brand new ministry called Outliers. Today, Emily is going from being a youth pastor of a one local church to a youth pastor and missionary to an entire region for an entire generation. I believe that the ministry that is being birthed and launched and prayed over and sent today will impact hundreds and thousands of lives in the years ahead. Though she will no longer be youth pastor at Cornerstone Church, I, as the pastor of this church and as a church community, affirm the callings, the gifts, the anointing, the passion, the heart that you carry. I honor you. I've sought to defer to you, to elevate you, to encourage you over these two and a half years. And though I have not done it perfect, it is an honor to stay and to stand here to say, I believed in you from day one, and I'll believe in you today a thousand. I honor you. You're an amazing woman of God. And though you will no longer be youth pastor here at Cornerstone Church, The church called Cornerstone is privileged to partner with Emily and Outliers in prayer. Financially, our church board voted just a few weeks ago to continue to support Emily and Outliers all the way through the end of next March. Church, you can probably give a clap for that. That's pretty amazing. Amazing. Emily's going to get a chance to share about ways you can partner as a mentor, a volunteer in prayer, becoming a partner. At the end of the service, I'm going to make an opportunity to give an enormous love offering. So get your checkbooks, credit cards ready. Today is a celebration of all that the Lord has done in and through you, Emily, and your leadership and your team at Cornerstone Church over this last two and a half years. It's a time to reflect and to thank the Lord for all that he's done and all of those to celebrate who have given, who have cooked food, sown into, served, and prayed for the youth of our city and of our church. Can we give a hand to every person who's contributed for two and a half years? Today, after the service, there will not be an opportunity to sign up at the end of the lobby. Again, we're going to take a special love offering to send Emily with an enormous blessing. I told her nine months ago when I finally told her what my hope and heart for her was, which was to be launched out, I said, I'm going to be your first supporter. And by golly, I helped her set up her account, and I was the first supporter personally. (laughs) (laughs) enough to buy her a coffee, but it was just to test the system, but it worked. 
The system works. Her website is live. She's been working so hard over these last few weeks, especially for launch day today. And I want to encourage you as a church to bless her socks off today by the end of the service. My personal goal is that she would live, leave encouraged, resourced, supported, blessed, strengthened, and with a resolve to follow the river until our region reeks of the aroma of Christ. After this video, Emily's going to share some opportunities and visions of ways you can plug into outliers and share what the name means. Before I show the video, let's pray. God, thank you for this amazing day. We honor your presence. We celebrate who you are, what you've done in and through your precious daughter, Emily, and the ministry she has birthed, shaped, and formed here, and the ministry that will continue to flourish and blossom in the future. We just love you. Open our eyes and our hearts. We just worship and thank you that it's been a priv- it is a privilege to partner with you in Jesus' name. Take a look at this video. My name's Leo, and it started off rough. Uh, growing up, I never really paid attention to Jesus, I was never that active kid. Um, I would always disrespect my parents, always be a troublemaker. Uh, let's see. There was times where I was going through rough times, I never really focused on Jesus that much to like help me out. Um, there were times where I ran away. Uh, I was like a big time smoker, I guess you would call. Um, it was tough, like, you know, I had I'd gone through a lot of stuff through home and I was just ready to give up for it a lot. Like, I was just ready to drop out everything. Hi, my name's Levette. Um, What can I say? My life was really tough before getting into the whole life and love of Jesus. And I used to go to this Catholic church and I never really got connected with him. And I never felt the love. I would understand and I would hear what they were saying, but it never really touched my heart. I stopped going for a year and I think that was the hardest time of my life where I had to deal with depression and anxiety and bad relationships and trouble with my family. And it was hard. And I remember I would stay up until three o'clock in the morning just crying, but then putting on a like happy face in the morning. And I used to think I could hide it from everyone. But little did I know from what I learned after I got experienced to God that he was there listening even when I felt like he wasn't. And He's the one who kept me going, and though I did not believe he was there, he was with me every step of the way. My name is Edson Reyes, but my actual name is, my people actually know me, is Tyreek Reyes. I was born in, in Compton, LA. Um, I was there until I was 12, I believe. By the age of seven, I've seen my dad get arrested, go to prison. Um, by 11, I ended up getting jumped in. So in my, in my own perspective, I feel like the Lord has helped me open up in so many ways, um, see the positive in this world instead of the negativity. Because, you know, being in the game at a young age, like 11, is, is crazy for certain people, like especially for me. And, you know, a lot of people don't see there's a different way out besides, oh, you have to be in a gang to look tough. 
You don't you don't have to look tough for nobody. Hi, um, I'm Alexandra, but my friends and family call me Lexi. Be before I found who I was, before I be started coming to like any church, before I found Jesus, I was like I guess you would say the problem child. I was not listening. I wouldn't do as I was told. I was I would argue back with my mom, my grandparents, and before coming to church with my aunt back when I was a, about a child, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about religion, but it started changing me when I started going to different churches and it changed my life because it showed me who I am. God has shown me that you need to help others if you want to be helped. Treat others how you want to be treated. But then when I first started coming to youth group, I was like, you know what, hey, let me give this a shot. Um, I started following Jesus when I was like, 15? Yeah, 15. Um, since then, it's helped me a lot. Um, I don't disrespect my mom at all. I always help her. I'm more focused on school. I don't smoke anymore whatsoever. Um, I'm a loving, caring person now. Uh, I always like to help get active in the youth group. And whenever I'm going through something or whenever I'm down, I always look to Jesus to help me out. And I didn't really start to believe in God until I turned 16. And that's when my whole world opened up. I went to this youth group because of my friend. You know, church helped me out a lot too because in, in high school, everybody gets peer pressured or ends up smoking and all that. So I went through that phase of my life. I, I smoked, I drank. I'm not proud of it, but I felt like at that point um, in high school, it was my only way to be free until I went to church met God. So after I had gotten connected with God for the first time, my mom was killed and it was hard. And I didn't know which way to go and I didn't know how I was gonna deal with it. I'm not gonna lie, I'd gotten mad at God a little bit and I asked like, how come she leaves as soon as I get her back in a kind of way. But what really helped me was coming over here and like having kids here and showing me that I have a family that's going to care for me and that most of all they're centered by God, which I believe is like the most powerful strength of all and which pretty much only keeps me going now. That's, that's it. <laughs> Well, you guys, we have some of our crew here in the house today, so I don't know if you guys got to see some of them. Uh, so on a normal Sunday, a lot of our kids aren't able to make it because, uh, as you can see, there's a, a, quite a few of them, and they don't always have rides. Uh, in fact, one of them was telling me that he had to do all kinds of extra chores because he's not usually allowed to go to church, and so he had to earn it to be able to get here today. Uh, so that was cool. But um, So a lot of our kids, you know, uh, they do come on a Friday night. We do pick them up, um, and I wanted them to come today. I mean, I twisted their arm. I promised them lunch after this, um, and so I'm proud of them for showing up. Um, but uh, I wanted them here because I know that you guys have heard, you know, about youth group and, and all that. But I want you to see what you're giving to, you know. I want you to know, like, when you've been uh, sewing into this church, uh, this is what this church has done. You know, they've really uh, given us the opportunity to create this uh, family and to support um, what God's doing in the next generation. And so I wanted them to be here just as a way to say thank you to you guys that have uh, created this opportunity for 
us and for Chad, who has, um, you know, supported me so well. Um, and then uh, I wanted them to be able to say thank you as well to you guys. So they'll be around at the end of service and, and you guys can meet if you don't know some of them. Um, and so that's kind of the idea. Um, we sang a cool song today. Uh, it was uh, about the new wine. And so I thought I should probably just clarify for my crew. That's not about drinking wine. Um, <laughs> that's actually just like a metaphor. So don't get the wrong idea. You know, don't get the wrong idea. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so anyhow, um, yeah, so I've been here for a couple of years, um, and Chad kind of was like, um, just really supportive. And, uh, I, I wasn't like, I don't know, like, I didn't know he was going to ask me to be the youth pastor. You know, one day he just asked me and I was like, yeah, sure. I knew there was only like two kids that went here at the time. <laughs> Pretty easy job. Um, and so, um, it, it's just been honoring for me to serve under Chad. He's always, um, really believed in me and allowed me to have the opportunity to run with my vision. And I know that I've always kind of been a little bit out of the box of maybe what's normal youth ministry, um, because, you know, we were kind of starting with uh, not a lot and just kind of trying to get into our community and really focusing there more than anything. Um, and so um, I just want to say thanks to Chad for believing in me and giving me the opportunity to be here and serve here. And um, he's awesome. So I just wanted to say that. And I hope all you guys say thanks to Chad before we all head out of here. Um, <laughs> what is Outliers all about? Well, um, if you were a business and you were like, let's say you wanted to start a coffee shop. Uh, you might want to go out and like survey everybody in Santa Maria and find out what time of day they drink coffee so that you would know when to staff, you know, the most help and you would know, you know, what, how much product you're going to need, you know. So maybe you would do a survey. So you'd probably get a handful of people that drink coffee around six. Probably it would start to pick up closer to seven. Probably it's picking up all the way through till 9 p.m. Probably around 10, it starts to kind of taper off a little bit, noon, not so much. Well, let's say that you had all this data that was kind of over here, but then you had like one person in Santa Maria that drinks coffee at 6 p.m. at night, and everybody else is having dinner and doing their thing, but we got one coffee drinker over here. Well, we would call this an outlier because it doesn't match the rest of the data. And so um, the idea of outliers is that I kind of see this as like the Sunday morning, people that come every week that, you know, it's not hard for you to get here. You don't have a family member that's telling you you're not allowed to go, you know, and so it's pretty easy for you to come and you're kind of a part of the thing and you're here. And, and then I kind of see the outlier as the person maybe that either uh, doesn't feel like they belong in church, maybe feels like church doesn't have anything to offer them, maybe feels like Jesus isn't real, maybe feels like they've got other things to do that are more important. And so I see that kind of as the outlier the one over here. And uh, when I read the Bible and when we do songs at, at uh, youth group, we sing a lot of times um, the song Reckless Love, and it talks about how he leaves the 99 to find the one. And so for me, outliers means that we can't always just focus on everybody that already shows up. Um, I'm, I'm really focusing on the one over here that's not at church. And so for me, I'm interested in, in how can
can we go out to the ones that aren't going to get themselves here? They're not going to just magically wander into church one day and become a part. Somebody has to go and actually talk to them and actually get to know them and actually show them like they're valuable, that God loves them, that God has a plan for them. They don't come to this knowledge on their own unless somebody reaches out and actually brings them to that place. And so for me, Outliers is about um, reaching out to the one. And the other part of Outliers is that as you could see from the stories, um, a lot of young people in our city, in our schools, um, they're they're from maybe gang families, not everyone, but some of them. Uh, maybe they're just from families that have been broken by, um, you know, drug addiction from parents uh, or maybe uh, prison from, from one or more, uh, uh, different things like that. And so for me, when I'm talking about outliers, I'm thinking about that scripture um, that talks about we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so for me, when I'm talking to my kids, I want them to develop this worldview that, yeah, they may be from this family. They may be from this community. They may have been in a gang at one point, but now they're going to be an outlier in that community because they're no longer taking part in that kind of lifestyle. They're no longer uh, identifying with that kind of uh, behavior because now there's something different. Now they actually are following Jesus. And so for me, outliers is not only about reaching the one, but it's also about becoming the one in your community that stands out and that is different. And so that's our name, Outliers. And um, so I just wanted to share that quickly. And then um, basically upcoming like vision and stuff, um, we're still going to be in schools. We've been in two schools over this past year. We've reached over 500 students through Jesus Club. Uh, we've reached uh, on two campuses. And now we have two more campuses that are wanting us to um, bring club to their schools. And so we are working hard to try to get pizza back up and going. So what had happened is that um, the pizza had gotten canceled because of uh, uh, somebody that complained that we shouldn't be allowed to bring pizza to school. And so the principals like us and they like us bringing pizza. So we're, I'm going to work with them over the summer and see how we can figure out how to get that back going. There's several different options. Um, and so we're going to work that out over the summer. And then we're going to launch on two new schools that have already okayed us to bring the pizza. Uh, one is in Guadalupe and one is in Napomo. And so that's coming up. Yep, and so it does cost a lot of money to do pizza. I think each school is like, I don't know, I'm going to say it's like around between six to 800 per school per month. So it's not cheap, um, but I think it's worth it. You know, when you talk about reaching hundreds of students, I think like, what else do we have to do? Like, come on, like, that's what we're here for. That's the church, you know? And so, uh, so that's coming up. And then uh, other things that we're going to be doing over the summer. So we just wrapped up our last Friday night here in the gym. And now we are going out of the church. We're going to be out in parks. And kind of the idea of being in parks, this is something I've always wanted to do. I've told Chad a couple of times, like, what if we had church in the park, you know, just kind of throwing it around. But the reason why being in the park is cool is the same idea of like kids that even are invited to youth group, a lot of times they won't come because of the name church or the name youth group. It sounds boring. And so a lot of people like they just judge a book by a cover. You say church, they're ruling it out. That's it. They don't want to go. And so it's easy easier for us to sit to reach our communities if we can say come and hang out with my friends at the park and it kind of just deletes that whole issue of like oh church I don't know if I belong maybe the roof will cave in on me you know I'm not good enough for God well you don't have to be good enough for God to go to the park you know like there's nothing weird about that and so we're gonna do church in the park um, in Napomo on Thursday nights and here in Santa Maria on Friday nights I'm super stoked about that this is gonna be our first week and uh, so it's gonna be cool you guys can jump in and 
and get involved in any of that if you want. Um, we have sign-up stuff in the back for people that want to get involved with helping. Um, as Chad said, this church is still sponsoring what we do. So even though we're moving outside of the four walls of the church, the church is still actually a part of us and actually still helping us to succeed as we go. So even though we're meeting in a different location, we're still very much um, being uh, kind of kept alive through through what what is happening through you guys. And so um, so we're in also, if anyone was confused from last Sunday, um, we won't be having a Sunday morning service. So those that are helping with outliers are still free and available to be a part of this community on a Sunday as well. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and so we're going to be in schools. We're going to do summer camp still. We're going to do outreaches to the community. We've had all of um, our kids write out ideas of how they want to serve the community. In my mind, I'm like, the sky's the limit. Like, why shouldn't we dream about how we could, you know, be a blessing to our community? And so they've started to put together ideas. I have kids that have said um, they want to just go around to houses and pray for sick people and take them food. And some people want to do like ice cream party at the park. And uh, so there's all different ideas and things that we may try over the summer just to be a blessing to our community. Um, and so there's lots of ways you guys can get involved in that. Um, we have right out the back through those doors, um, there's going to be a table set up and some of our kids are going to be back there. And you can sign up if you want to be on our newsletter to get more information. So we just finished our website like last night at like really late. Um, and so check it out because, you know, it's too much work for me to go to if you don't look at it, you know, so <laughs> just at least look at it, you know. <laughs> um, so it's www.outliers.community. Um, and if you guys want to check it out there, you can subscribe to the newsletter on the Internet through there. And that's an easy way. But if you're not good with technology, um, I have a paper in the back where you can um, put your email down and I will subscribe you so that you can still get the updates. And all you have to do is check your your uh, email. You don't have to figure out how to get onto our website. And so uh, you could do that. And then that will just help you to keep in the loop with as we're on campus, different things that we're doing. Um, and then uh, it, after after church today, we're taking all of our kids uh, to lunch at Costco. So you're all invited to have lunch with us if you want. <laughs> that's how we bribed them to come, just in case you were wondering. That's how, that's how this all happened. Um, and so you could do that and then find us in the lobby back there. And then um, we actually have... Uh, the kids wrote thank you notes to Chad for um, just sponsoring us and loving us. And so we have those. Come on up, Chad. And uh, so that's a, that's a wrap for me. I just wanted to present those to you and let thank you know you. that we care about you. And we're so grateful to you. So. Thank you. So just so you guys can know and see this modeled, one of the things, don't walk away from me. Um, <laughs> One of the things Emily has continued to say to me, I didn't ask for your permission to share this, but it's totally <laughs> safe, I promise, was, and I just want to say this in front of everybody, uh, are we still going to be friends? <laughs> and, but, but legitimately, when there's transition in churches, some of you have been around the block, it can be messy and ugly, and I just want to say as a man and as a brother and a friend, there's no animosity in my heart towards this woman. I would die for her, I love her. She, I've told her that for years. And I, I think I have a history of credibility of backing it up, but I helped her with her web. I'm all in of helping outliers succeed and thrive in a, in a, as a pastor of a local church supporting this ministry. And we as a church love and believe and support Emily and believe she has a calling that transcends a location. It's regional, I would even say national, international. 
So I just wanted you to know, so there's no spin or funkiness or weirdness, I love this woman of God. I honor her. And we're probably gonna meet up on Monday or Tuesday to have a debrief meeting and make sure her website's still working after all of you log on right now and get ready to give a huge amount donation. And so uh, you can grab a seat and then we'll pray in a minute. So here's how I wanna end. Number one, um, oh, I see you're doing something cool. Um, first of all, grab your smartphones. Everyone go to outliers.community. Um, I, I have been the recipient of being launched. About three years ago, my spiritual father, Pastor Ron, before he died of cancer, stood me up on a platform in front of 2,000 people, and he, he knew he was, they were sending me just 18 minutes down the road to Cornerstone, and he said these words. I've never seen it before. It was one of the most gracious acts of love I've ever seen. He said, if you feel called to go and help Chad with this new work, new ministry, that he's going to be, you know, becoming a lead pastor at Cornerstone Church, I bless you to go and help. How many know that's pretty uncanny in a senior leader? Because <laughs> usually we're super scared, like, no, don't go. You, everyone has to stay and be mine. And I just want to say, as, as a, your pastor... For many of you, if you feel called to help and support and give, I'm, that's why I'm giving airtime to it. I hope we give her too much money she won't know what to do with today in the ministry, outliers. If you want to serve and volunteer, I am supporting it. I will definitely make appearances at some point at schools, parks. I'm in this city. My wife and I are trying to move. We're going to cross-pollinate. We're going to cross paths. And what I can say right here, right now from this pulpit is that when we cross paths, there ain't nothing but love. There ain't nothing like, hey, I want you to win. I want you to crush it. I know she feels the same towards me in Cornerstone Church. Does that make sense? Can you just say amen? Does that make sense? That, that, that's what's super cool about this. It's not like, I hate you, get out of my sight. It's a, I actually love you and I'm supporting and let's launch you into, into a new realm of fruitfulness and destiny. Does that make sense? So grab your smartphones. Everyone go to outliers.community. Don't break her website, but... Um, I want the ushers, um, if you, if you want to write a check, right now she's still getting all of the incorporations, so just make out the checks to Emily Zimmerman. I know Emily, everything is going to help provide for her life in an outlier's ministry, but just make the check out if that's all you've got. I want you to pray right now, Lord, what should I send as seed money? The Lord is so faithful to show you. Everyone get your checkbooks, get your smartphones. The reason I had you write in the website is go to her website and just donate. Hit the donate button. It's PayPal. It's super easy. I, I helped her set it up. It's very easy. <laughs> and then the ushers are going to come right now. And Lord, I just pray with no guilt, but with total, I, I actually do pray, Lord, that you would just move in an act of generosity like never before. I pray that outliers would be so blessed by the offering that's about ready to be taken. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and pass the plates. Every single dime that comes into these plates is going straight to outliers. Grab your, grab your phones. You can give there. You can give there. If you're writing checks, just write it out to Emily Zimmerman. Write it out to Emily Zimmerman. Online, in person, cash. You can go to her table at the end of the service and Sneak one into her hand. Thank you, Lord, for moving in generosity right now. I just thank you for every diamond dollar that's going forth.
Someone give so much that it hurts. I'm just saying, you know, it's okay to do that every once in a while. Just going to wait. No guilt, but feel generous. No, not guilt, but generous. Amen. And just so you know, as a church, if you want to know what we're supporting, you can come ask me. I'm not going to, but we are supporting her and the ministry, like I said, and all in. We're all in to support and love. Everyone's writing. I can see the activity. It's good. I like it. And then number two, make sure you go sign up and get on the mail list. As I know, Emily, Emily and I did the math at one point. There's like at least 60 mentors needed for every school. <laughs> so sign up to be a mentor. That's really a need on campuses and schools. It's, it's unbelievable, the need. It's incredible. And sign up for our list. All right, the plates. Everyone got your phone? Everyone? Just say amen if I can transition now. Amen. And then lastly, I just want Emily to get up here. And your team and your kiddos, can you just come right up here to the front? Everyone else, can we just rally around them? You just come up to the front. Come on, church family, stand up. I want to invite you. Come on, let's just rally around. We're going to bless and commission and launch. These students... These leaders, what's up, buddy? You look good, man. Love you. <clears throat> come on up, people. Let's go. Come on up. Don't be shy. Anyone, come on up if you want to come and be a part of this prayer, this commission prayer. What's up, buddy? I can't see you, but I can see you. Don't be shy. Anyone else wants to come, feel free. If you don't come up, at least stretch out your hand because, you know, just saying we're commissioning and blessing. And right now, just every person that's here and whose hand's extended, can you just begin to pronounce blessing over outliers? Just right where you're at. Come on, just release blessing. Right where you're standing or you're sitting or wherever you are, just begin to bless Emily and her team. Bless the ministry launch. Bless these students. Bless the schools and the opportunities. Don't be shy. Just bless him. Bless him. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for my sister. I thank you for outliers. I thank you for this ministry launch. I thank you for the journey we've had thus far. I thank you for the many victories, the many lives, the many students and adults who've been transformed through the power of the gospel, the kingdom. But God, as we celebrate, Lord, this new season that's coming, we bless outliers, we bless Emily Zimmerman. God, we just declare that the road she's about to walk in is the land of her anointing and destiny. I thank you that she has that regional calling to pastor a generation, to be a missionary that can go to every corner of the city and region and bring the kingdom of God bear witness to the love and life of Jesus everywhere she goes. Father, we bless her and we send her. I was reading Acts and all of the missionaries that were sent, the church always gathered and declared, just prophesied the future. Lord, we just declare a future that is fruitful, a future that is more than she could ask or imagine. We thank you for finances, for mentors, for places and people who will be impacted for the gospel of the kingdom. God, we send her forth into her destiny. God, we just ask that you would raise up an army 
hundreds and thousands of young people, of old people, and all in between who would serve, Lord, your purposes for the next generation. And God, just fill her with the tenacity. Give her, Lord, a spirit like iron that nothing could discourage her when the road gets steep and tough, that she'd be able to release a word of peace in the midst of any storm, and the seas would calm, the waters would part, chains would fall, people would be set free, healed, and delivered through the glory of the gospel. Father, anoint your daughter. Lord, we bless her. We cherish and honor her, and we launch her out, Lord, as a leader to affect a region, a nation, and the nations of the earth, God. We bless her. We honor her. In Jesus' mighty name, we all shouted amen and amen. Come on.